Okay, hello everybody and welcome to Investing with IBD sponsored by MarketSmith. Today is August 12, 2020. I'm your host, Arusha Pierce. And today we have Mark Minervini returning back to the show. Mark is a founder of Minervini Private Access. He's an author and also was featured in Stock Market Wizards. Thanks for being here, Mark. Happy to be back. On today's podcast, we are going to talk about the current market. We will talk about the concept of developing sit-out power, and we will end the episode with a few current ideas. So let's get into the current market. The market is in an uptrend, uh, but we're, we're getting tested a little bit here. Uh, we have three distribution days on the NASDAQ and the S&P 500. Mark, what are your thoughts on this market? So I think that what we have to look at if you're a stock investor is to start thinking stocks versus indexes. And you know even indexes versus indexes because when we talk about these indexes, you had the S&P 500 moving sideways for a while, you know, mm -hmm. while the, the the Nasdaq just kept, you know, charging ahead here. Right. And if you take a look, the Nasdaq hasn't had but more than 2 to 4 days down and not more than about 5 or 6% uh, pullback through the entire rally from the lows um, you know, that started back in March. So these, all these pullbacks, this is what I call a lockout rally, where it essentially locks out buyers that are looking to buy pullbacks. If you're not quick and you're not buying shallow pullbacks and you're waiting for a big correction, uh, you've been left in the dust here. Yeah, and uh, this is, you can call it a wall of worry or you could call it the ultimate wall of worry. I would call it the ultimate wall of worry. I'm not sure there's been a wall of worry, not in my lifetime, that's for sure. That's been this. So if, we, if, we, if the market climbs a wall of worry, then we've got some climbing to do. Yeah, and, and so talk about the concept of wall of worry for, for those who are, are new. Uh, what, what is going on really just kind of underneath the surface uh, when there's just so much kind of fear out there and a lot of bad news, but the market just continues to crawl up higher? Well, the market's a discounting mechanism. So even with like GDP being negative, uh, people start getting worried that they see um, you know, these negative numbers. What happens is if you take a look at history and you look at the statistics, you'll find that when earnings are down and when GDP's uh, down, the market actually does the best because it starts to uh, anticipate and discount a recovery. So it's sometimes hard for people to understand that the, the problem is that you never know if the market's looking out three months, six months, 12 months. So it's a matter of how far out it's discounting. Mm -hmm. and, and a lot of times uh, the best way to, to, to do this or, or really participate in these trends is listen to the market, listen to watch the price and volume action and have rules that will slowly put you in the market when the time is right. Right. So we went back into stocks. I got out of the market three days off the high. It was probably one of my best sell signals ever. Um, got clients out uh, and started selling stocks right off the highs. And then we had a 9,000 point decline, which we completely sidestepped. So uh, this was a really quite, I was quite fortunate, uh, you know, through this bear market or whatever you want to call it, this crash. And then um, pretty close to the lows, we got back into the market and that was on uh, April 6th, I started, started buying stocks again and then got very aggressive as the, as the months progressed. Um, but I got to tell you, if I listened to my gut and I was to, you know, really look at the world and what was happening, I wouldn't have bought a single stock. But what happened was, you know, we were talking about it in my office and uh, I said, look, we got to, we got to buy these stocks. I mean, they're setting up, there's setups everywhere and we got to trust, we got to trust the strategy and trust the setups. If we get stopped out, we get stopped out, but we've got to buy, we got a follow through day. Okay. So even you know, the O'Neill people, you know, you got your follow through day and you got setups and that's, that's all you need to see. Yeah. And uh, you, you, you brought up a, a good point here on uh, we, we had that follow through day on April 6th and it's really scary to, to buy at those times. Even, even if you sidestep the, that vicious pandemic sell-off and, and you're happy and you're sitting in cash, it's still very, very scary to buy that time. But that's why those rules are there to force you to start moving in bit by bit. 
Yeah. Well, I found that when people are very scared, you know, usually uh, it, it, especially if they've been scared for a while, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's a, it's usually a better time to buy than when everybody's happy and celebrating and, and giddy. Uh, so, and, and that, that's, uh, you know, when you start to get really, really happy and you, and everything's wonderful and you feel like you can't make a mistake, that's when you really got to start, you know, uh, I, I, I basically, I always tell people always prepare for the other side of the trade. So if you're in cash, Start preparing to go long. Start looking for the signs that will tell you to go long. If you're fully invested, you're on margin, start looking for the signs to nail your profits down, to sell, and to cut, cut you know, fish or cut bait. Um, so that, that's, you know, always look at, at the other side of the trade. Whatever side, whatever side you're on, always be ready for the opposite side. No, that's really good advice. Uh, now, the, the other thing is... Uh, sometimes these markets, you know, a lot, everyone's like focusing on, on the larger markets and they're focusing, especially more normal people who aren't really watching this, they're going to focus on the Dow. But, uh, but I know you have found this and I've definitely found this too. Uh, the, the better gauge these days, at least in the last number of years, uh, is by looking at a lot of growth stocks to get the gauge of kind of the under, uh, the gauge of the health of the market. I found that that's been the best way to do it for as long as I've been doing it. And I've been trading stocks now for, I think it's 37 years this year, right around 37, 38 years. So it's been a long time and I haven't found a better way, even though I do look at the index at the end of the day throughout the end. I remember we were talking about this the other day. I didn't even know what the Dow did. And I asked you, what did the market do? (laughs) I, I don't even know what the market is doing half the time. You know, sometimes I might see it on, TV or, you know, I have it up on my screen, but I usually minimize my indexes. And I, all I do is just focus on the stocks, my watch list, my buy list and my, and my portfolio, my, my whole, my holdings. So that's where I get all the cues from. And if I see a lot of stock setups, no matter how bad the news is, I'm actually not scared at all. I get very excited because I know the stock setups are, especially the, my, my favorite my favorite scenario is what we had coming out of this bear market and this COVID situation. It's when everybody's terrified. Everybody's saying it's the end of the world, but there's tons of setups. That's my absolute favorite situation. And that's what, what we had. Yeah. And, and uh, I mean, essentially what that's saying is that a lot, there are all these growth stocks that they're saying they're ready to go. They're just needing the market to just give them a little bit uh, of a signal that, that we could start trending higher. Exactly. I was talking about also with the NASDAQ, how it's been marching up. Also, the Investor's Business Daily 50, if you look at that, that hasn't closed. I'm not sure if it's even maybe a day or so, but hasn't closed below the 20-day. And the NASDAQ also, you know, has been holding the 20-day through this entire move. So that's that's a really powerful rally. And it's also showing that the the right area of the market is doing well because you can have you know you can have the 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 dow marching higher and there's been times where it's been going for months and months and months and it's up 15 20% and i don't find many stocks and i'm actually in cash during that whole period and then there's times where the dow moves sideways for 4 5 6 months and i'm i'm hitting it out of the park and just trade after trade after trade and there's just tons of setups so again i don't really focus on the indexes too much i'm really looking at the individual stocks for my cues now let's talk about uh this concept that that uh you made me aware of and and i i like the the way you look at it the easy dollar environment versus the hard penny environment uh go go into that and and you know give your insight on how you use that well, it's just tracking, engaging your own traction that you're getting in the market and whether you're seeing your, your buy list, your, your watch list, um, whether that's growing, if you're seeing a proliferation of names setting up and if they're working and if, and if you're seeing things working and you're not feeling much pressure in your portfolio, um, you know, you may get hit with some stops, but you're on balance, you're making money and things are, there's just not a whole lot of pressure that's what I call an easy dollar environment, which means that you're making you're making large amounts of money in a very easy you know in a very easy fashion. The opposite is when you have a difficult environment. I, everybody can relate to this, where your yeah. you know stock breaks out, reverses. You know, next thing you know, you're uh, you know you're at a loss, uh, um, and you're getting stopped out left and right, and you can't seem to make any money. Um, that's what I call a hard penny environment. It's not. It's actually hard to even make. A small amount of money. So when you're having a difficulty even making a small return, you got to be real careful. 
And when things are going really well and you're having an easy time making a a lot of money, that's where you got to press, you got to press the pedal to the floor and you've got to gas it. And that's the difference I think between really great traders and everybody else is that good, you know, traders that are experienced, they, they know when to really jam and step, step on the gas and really, really get aggressive and also when to ride the brake and to, and to get out completely and just sit and watch. Right. And so let's go over uh, some stocks uh, that that you were picking during this time, during this pretty incredible rally. And and we'll walk through a number of them and then we'll take a a quick break, too. Yeah, sure. So uh, the first one is uh, Vapo. And uh, let me pull this up here and if I can spell it properly. Okay, here you go. So ticker symbol is V-A-P-O. And okay, so we, we have this on the chart. Right. And uh, where where was this coming up on your radar, and where were you uh, entering into it? Right. So we bought we bought that stock on four twenty three. Okay. So, okay. so on April twenty third. So that's just you know not too much longer after you know like I said April sixth when we started going to the stocks. Yep. So this is one of the early names um, you know that that I that I uh, recommended and bought. Now I traded out of it pretty quickly. It ran up. 30, 40%. And I made a nice quick rip on it. And then it pulled back a little bit, you know, kind of felt uh, pretty smart there because it came yeah. all the way back right, from right. Uh, yeah, that above 30 back to 22, but back to the breakout. But then yeah. it set up again. It set up that what was my, what I call the low cheats, my classic my little pattern there, the low cheat came out of there. We highlighted it there to our, our members and uh, it just ripped from there. Now you can see, of course, recently it's gotten clobbered and it's given back a huge portion, but that stock went up about 175% in just a few months. So see, this is how you get leverage from the market. People talk about leverage and they, they talk about margin. I get leverage by buying powerful stocks. So, and that's how you leverage the market. If you are buying very powerful situations, what happens is, and I'm talking about in a bull market, you start a new bull market, you get a follow through day, the NASDAQ goes up 25, 30%. Guess what? The leading stocks, if you're in the right names, they're going to go up 100, 200%. And, and even in a short period of time, you might get 20 or 30% just in a, in a few days or a few weeks or a month, and you can compound it very rapidly. Yeah, and, uh, and that's a good point. You don't always have to go on margin to get the power of some of these growth stocks in a great market. No, I, I don't use margin anymore. I don't need to. But even when I was only dealing with a small account, only for the first few years that I go on heavy margin, um, and I rarely used margin even when I was getting, you know, huge returns uh, on, on, you know, that, that people have read about in, you know, stock market wizards and those, those days where people yeah. think that I was, you know, so aggressive. I, I was pretty aggressive, but I could tell you right now, I was not on margin hardly ever. That's that's really interesting. Let's uh, let's go to the second stock here. This is BVXV, and uh, so I, I pulled this up. and And where were you uh, telling your clients uh, about this stock? Yeah, so this one also just came ripping out. And like I said, this is a market that is just really, really yeah. a, a great market. And I, I, you know, at least up until recently, in the last few weeks, it's gotten. I think we're in a hard penny environment now. But um, we first highlighted it on six nineteen. Where it came through that classic low cheat, then it then it tightened up and came out on on uh, seven six. Uh, so it was okay. uh, yeah July July six. Let me just make sure that's correct. Yeah, it looks like Even that was July six right there. Yeah yeah July six. Yeah here it is. Um, so on July six, that's where it was a buy, and then you see one two three four five six days. <laughs> yeah, in six <laughs> days, <laughs> six days the stock was up one hundred and forty five percent. I mean, that's a, that's a rocket move. So that's the, those are the kind of moves that if you can time those, a few of those, and you're fairly concentrated, you can rack up, you know, can compound a very large return. People, you know, always want to know how I got those big returns with the low drawdowns. It's buying in the direction of the trade in very powerful situations and getting this type of situation where I can very rapidly roll out, take a nice big profit, and then move into another one and not experience much pullback because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm getting those, those nice, those, those short-term thrusts. Yeah, and I, I think the the big key is taking the gains when you have them too, right? I mean, a lot of people, once they start, if they're up 140% in these, they don't want to sell at that point. What if it goes up 500%? 
Right, exactly. Well, you know, again, I, I take profits a lot of times at 15, 20, 25, 30%, and they go up 100%. And still, you know, uh, you, you're, I've put down triple digit returns where I have in years where I never even had a triple digit stock. So you don't have to have a triple digit stock to do triple digit returns. Let's go to the third stock. This is PRTS, carparts.com. Right. So I very rarely, and I, most of these names, not at the exact time where I was buying them, but I usually put them on Twitter shortly after. Um, otherwise, you know, clients would get a little upset that pay me for this stuff. <laughs> <Right>. uh, <laughs> so, uh, but but I most of these I talked about on uh, on Twitter, and then of course, you know, I want to point out too that we're looking at some of the really powerful trades here. I've I've got just as many losses. Um, you know, I I'm going to be stopped out of a trade about half the time. As a matter of fact, since April 6th, I've done approximately 125 trades. I think it's maybe a few more now. 125 trades and my batting average was a percentage of winning trades was about 44 point something percent, about 45%. So a little less than 50-50. But but again, my, my, uh, my gains are more than two and a half times my losses. I think it's 2.7 times my losses. So almost three times my losses. So if I'm losing, you know, 5% on average on a loser, I'm making 15% on average on a winner. And you're going to make a lot of money if you can roll that over. Anyway, getting back to this PRTS, um, you can see this tightens up really nice. It's yeah. a, just a perfect power play. Um, and again, this stock moves uh, and and it, this was just a new high ground uh, uh, yesterday, and, and it reversed. Yeah. So it's still yeah. holding up quite well. It's up about seventy-five percent, you know, in just uh, I don't know what's this four, five, six weeks. Um, so again, I'm already out of this. I'm I I like to hear the cash register ring, so I you know get, get out of them very quickly. Um, yeah. So there's been a bunch of these names. Real quick too, I don't know if you could bring up XPEL. Yeah, let's yeah. bring that one up because this is one that. Oh wow. I bought this from what would be a signature low cheat um, set on 720. And a lot of people would not buy it there because they'd be waiting for it to make a new high coming out of that big handle. It's just a big cup with handle, but sometimes mm -hmm. I can buy on the handle if I get a cheat area um, or a low cheat. And of course, if you don't, these, this terminology is my terminology. So it's if uh, I, I so check I, out his books. Yeah, it's in my book. It's all explained <laughs> yeah, in my right. books. If you don't know what I'm talking about, low cheat, cheat. Uh, but, but anyway, this stock, you know, another one went up. And, you know, very quickly up 20, 30% on it, got out. And today, yeah, <laughs> today it was up 32.9%. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So I know some, we, I had some of our members, you know, send us emails and say that they, they held it and they free rolled it, which means that, you know, you get a good gain. This is a perfect situation just to point out. You, you get in a stock like this, it runs up, let's say it runs up 15, 20%. You kick out half of it, or maybe you kick out 75% of it, and then you go into, say, an earnings report, or you want to hold it for a bigger move, you move your stop up to break even, and now you're free rolling. You know, so let's say, let's say that you have a, let's say you have a, 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 a for argument's sake, you have a 5% stop, and the stock goes up 15%, right? Or even 10%. Let's say it just goes up 10%. It goes up 10%. You sell half. If you let that stock now stop you out, you actually break even. So you just, you just financed your risk. Now, if you move your stop up to break even, you're going to guarantee yourself 5% profit, and you could play it for a bigger move. You can do the math. I mean, if those, there could be bigger numbers, and you can have different ratios. But the bottom line is, is that once you get at a profit, you, your options now open up, and you can start using techniques to finance your risk and then play for a bigger move like this and go into an earnings report because now you have a cushion. Yeah. And, and so, and so a number of these concepts that you just spoke about here with the free rolling and, and just kind of how you're, you're gauging your risk. You talk about that in your second book, right? Yes. Yep. There's more on, on those techniques in the second book. Yep. Okay, so let's take a quick break here, but the market continues to be in an uptrend, but we're getting tested a little bit. The market's pulling back, um, but you know, obviously keep building your watch list and keep a close eye on some, how some of these growth stocks are acting near support areas. When we return, we are gonna talk about the concept of developing sitting out power. We'll be back. 
I am here with Scott St. Clair. Scott's one of our senior product coaches at MarketSmith. Now, Scott, there are a ton of publicly traded stocks just on the U.S. I think it's over 5,000 stocks. Who has the time to go through all of these stocks and find the very best ones? Yeah, most people don't, right? So what you need is a tool like MarketSmith. We have decades of research on what makes a great winning stock. So we've done all the research for you. So we're going to try to highlight those specific stocks with those great data points. So if you're looking for that next great potential big winner, orange stock ideas button, you just click on it and you've got some of the main reports that we use, including the Growth 250. Yeah, and the Growth 250 is the first list that I go through on the weekends. Yeah, it's the most popular one, but there are others. There's the Breaking Out Today, Stocks Near a Pivot, and then the Blue Dot List, right, which is very popular. It's gonna show you the stocks with the best relative strength. So we've done a lot of the work for you. What you have to do is review these lists. You're going to come up with some of the best ideas in that current market environment. Perfect. Mark Smith saves you time and makes investment research that much easier. For more information, go to Investors.com slash podcast 2020. Mark Minervini is our guest on Investing with IBD, sponsored by MarketSmith. Okay, Mark, let's get back into some more stocks, and then we'll get into the concept of sitting out power. I'll, I'll pull up uh, LSCC. This is Lattice Semiconductor. And so this yeah. is another one that you added uh, onto your list. Yep, and, and uh, this was a purchase um, on, let's see, the date on that was uh, on 429, April 29. Okay. So you see, again, early, you know, pretty early in the uptrend. Yep. And you know, the, the, the semis, you know, really started to show that they were, um, you know, doing well, maybe, you know, a few months after that. Uh, you know, it's a big group. So there was a lot of stocks that incrementally started moving, but this was one of the earlier movers in the group. Um, and again, that's still, that's just pulling back to the 50 day. Now I'm long gone out of it, but, uh, uh this is another one that made you know, a pretty big move. I mean, we're talking about, uh, from that point coming through the buy point that went up about 50%. So yeah. you got a lot, you got a lot of names that, um, you know, another one is, uh, Samuel Adams, SAM. Which uh, that's another one that I bought. I definitely sold this one way too early. I, I knew I was selling this one too early, but uh, I started getting uh, it was a lot of stocks getting extended, and I wanted to appear back on my exposure. Um, but again, going in, you can see here. Um, let's see, I'll get you the date too on that one. That date is I got to move this thing out of my way. This Zoom thing uh, that was on seven seven. Okay, yep. So that was a, that was a later buy. Yeah, that was yep. bought on seven seven, coming out of that little base there. Uh, very powerful, you know, it came up right off the lows and that was the first time it consolidated. But coming out of there and you could see it just grinds up like every day and yeah. then uh, I believe went into earnings um, and then just has a, you know, a pole vault, uh, yeah. you know, on, yeah, on that big day there. So again, another nice move. I mean, coming out of that little base here, you know, that's that ran up uh, another one that about 50%. In yeah, and this is, a, this is another great example of a um, of a VCP type of action or just, just tightening up and, and setting up after this right. uh, really strong move up. It takes a, takes a month off, just gets, you know, the volatility decreases, sets up and, and, and then takes off from there. Right. And the VCP concept has become very popular over the years that it was something that I, you know, put together years ago when I wrote the books. If you, you know, it's volatility contraction pattern. If you want to learn about that, you can read my books, of course, but I, almost every single trade that I make comes from a VCP. The VCP isn't a pattern in itself like you know, a cup with handle is a VCP. Mm -hmm. uh, my, my cup completion cheat, the low cheats, all of those are all have VCP characteristics. So VCP is a characteristic of a pattern, not necessarily the pattern. I mean, it is a pattern, but it, it, it's a characteristic of a cup with handle or some of these other patterns. So, uh, but it's, it's, it's an easier way to identify, you know, when supply stopped coming to market and you're getting the line of least resistance formed and you're getting a, a, a situation that can move very quickly. That's the key is to be able yes. to be at a profit as quickly as you can for two reasons. One, because you're, you're compounding very rapidly and two, if you get at a profit right away, your options open up. You, you can now move your stop. You can free roll the trade. You have options. But when you first take a trade, it's all risk. It's all downside at that point. You know, you're putting it in the hands of the stock gods and hoping that the stock moves higher. You know, it's an educated uh, guess, of course. But once you get at a profit, now you're in control and you can uh, and, and, and you can make some uh, uh, make some changes, some portfolio management uh, changes to be able to uh, leverage that.
Now, one other concept that you mentioned uh, in the previous segment that, that we didn't get to explain for those who are new to this, the power play. Just briefly explain what the power play is for, so we're so, all on the same page. So the power play is basically a high-tight flag. It's just in kind of renaming the high-tight flag. And because I have a few little different characteristics maybe um uh, so again it's basically a high tight flag and it's a a, a a a situation where a stock moves very quickly in a short amount of time within eight weeks it doubles or more and then it doesn't correct very much and people a lot of times will they'll say hey is this a power play and it's it's doubled and it's very powerful but it now it has a pullback or a correction of 45% in oh, two weeks. Yeah, See that, yeah. And that's too excessive. The whole reason why it's, it's a power, it's called a power play is because after it makes this big move, it doesn't give back much and it's telling you how strong it is. It, it's not, it, it's not succumbing to profit taking. And then you look for the VCP characteristics for it to tighten up and have that volume come down. So the supply stops coming to market and then you, and then you get your buy point. But um, it, again, it's essentially a high type flag. Perfect. And that's, and that's an O'Neill term, of course. Yes. Yes. Uh, and so let's go to, to another stock here. And this is TSM Taiwan semiconductors ticker symbol TSM. Yeah. Another, and, one, that, yep, another but, one that I sold too early. Um, but again, I, I love to sell early into strength and to, and to avoid drawdown. That's I'd rather sell early than late. Um, this is one that was bought a, a perfectly as perfect as you can. It was bought on seven one. Um, and then the very next day gapped up, gapped up the very next day and just off to the races. Um, and this is still holding up tremendously. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's like really powerful. This and AMD was the other one, um, you know, bought AMD. I actually bought AMD a, a one or two times yep. and got stopped out of it, but I stayed with it. Um, I just hung with it and I just want to see here. Hold on. Cause I had several dates that I bought AMD. Let's see the most recent date. So the most recent one, yeah. So I bought it, yeah, I bought it uh, in uh, May, June, and July. So I took some okay. small losses on the first two. Yep. The, third, the third try uh, was on uh, 7.23. Oh, 7.23. Okay, so just, uh, oh, when it pulled back a little bit. So, so it actually, it, so, so what happened was because I got knocked out of it two times. Yeah. I didn't, be, I didn't believe the breakout yeah. Yeah, on know, that yeah. day. So right. then the next day it pulled right back to the breakout and I said, okay, I'm going to buy this right here. And if it doesn't just go, I'm going to get out. So I bought it. And the very next day I got a very happy surprise. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I know. It not only gapped, but it went up big and it, and it held it. So it was, yeah. it was, yeah. Yeah, and and this is you know, and there are some stocks, and AMD is one of these stocks where it can lie dormant for a while, and then when it wakes up, it like catches up to every other stock out there in a short amount of time. I kept wondering why it was having trouble because it had such good fundamentals. It it had a lot of good things going for it, and I really thought it should go. But I, again, I you know I after, I've been doing this for thirty seven years, and I still won't trust my opinion over the, my stop. I mean, if it hits my stop, I'm out. And, and that's and that's a huge, huge thing. And, and especially for those who are new, that's a characteristic that you want to develop as soon as possible. Now, another characteristic that you want to to develop really quickly, but you know, unfortunately, I think this one you have to just learn the hard way, is the ability to sit out when the setups are not there. Talk about this concept. Well, it's easy to sit out after you've been beat up in a bear market and you got knocked out of everything and you lost a ton of money. Then the people usually sit out too long and they sit out and they and then when they see the buy set up, they don't even buy them because they're scared. Yeah. But yep. that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about sit out power to wait for setups to develop. And that could mean even if the Dow is moving higher, it can mean it could even mean sitting out if your friend is calling you and telling you how well he's doing and if and if you're and if mutual funds are doing well and and so you have to have a strategy and then you've got to gauge if you don't if if you're not sticking to your rules you don't have a strategy even though if you have a strategy if there's no discipline you're not following it so there's the strategy and then there's the discipline to follow the strategy without the discipline it doesn't matter what strategy you have it could be the greatest strategy in the world so Sit out, I would say no forced trades, no big losses. No forced trades. Don't 
force things and start doing things that you normally wouldn't do or, or start stretching and trying to make something out of something that's not there. You've got to get a very clear picture in your head what you need to see to get to get in the market. And then even then, you don't trust it completely until you put real dollars and it starts working. All right. And that's what I call progressive exposure, which is, in my opinion, one of the most important things that you possibly, I don't know, I can't tell you how many people that I've taught, you know, to trade and clients and, 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 and uh, people that work for me that once they got progressive exposure, they said, wow, that's really what changed my performance. And that's simply, you know, when things are working, you, you want to gas it. You want to, you want to get very, you know, very aggressive incrementally, you know, I'll take a few trades, uh, you know, we get a follow through day, go 25% invested. Maybe I buy a couple stocks. If they don't start working and, and they're not showing me profits, I don't go to 50%, 75%, 100%. I stay at 25. And if another few trades don't work, I go down to 10% invested. And if they don't work, I go back to cash. So it, now if they're working, I quickly go up to 50. If that works, I go right to 100. And, you know, and then if you're money use margin, if things are working, you go on margin. But the key is, is to gauge if things are working or not. So you wait, you sit out, you wait, and then when you see what you need to see, you test it with real money, and if, if it passed the test, then you get aggressive. Yeah, and uh, the, that, that, I think, right there is the example of listening to the market. You're, you're, you are truly listening, you're waiting. You're waiting for the market to say, okay, slowly move in more, okay, slowly move in more, now go. 100%, and, and you don't want to be too slow once you get the confirmation. Like some people say, well, you know, I incrementally, I followed the progressive exposure, but by the time I got fully invested and you know, everything started correcting, well, you move too slow. All right. Yeah. You want you don't want to wait for weeks and months. It might, it might be a number of days. Things start working and everything starts popping and you see a whole bunch of setups. Okay. I'm, I, I got three stocks. They broke out. They're all holding. Okay. I'll add a few more. Maybe I'll go from 25% to 35, 40% invested. Oh, that's working. Okay. Bang. I'm going to, put a few more on here. So you, you get, you move pretty quickly once you see, and, and that's the real difference between, you know, experience and, and someone who may be just starting out. It takes time to be able to, you know, make those, to, to make those changes and make, uh, you know, do make a shift on the fly like that. Yeah. And, and now another thing, and uh, if you haven't seen Mark, Mark uh, teaching these concepts, uh, live, especially in a seminar, it, it, it definitely is. It, it's great, especially when some people ask you questions, Mark, but we won't go in, too far into that. We'll leave that for those who are in the seminar. But um, the one thing that's always stuck out with me, uh, just watching you teach these concepts is just the discipline you have. Uh, you have your trade set up and you know exactly what you're going to do. And if it's not there, you're going to let them go. If you miss them, you're going to let it go. And that's it. You, you have your style and, yeah. and you're not worried about anyone else or missing out on any stocks that don't fit that style. No. I, people say, well, how long would you sit out if you didn't see any stocks? As long as it takes. Five years if it took that long. Okay. I mean, that's literally the commitment that I have to my strategy and the trust in it. And I think I would have, I personally think I'm one of the most disciplined traders on earth. I really do. I honestly, I think I am one of the, is because you can't really be much more disciplined than I am. Mm. Um, if you, if, you know, it's, I'm, I'm not a hundred percent, but I'm 98, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, I'm 98, 99%, you know, solid discipline. And that's, that's been my strength. Now, uh, one of, a part of that discipline is even when the markets are tough, uh, you're still doing your routine and you have a, a pretty strict routine where how you're looking for stocks. Uh, why, why don't you talk about that, your, your starting place to, to find stocks with uh, you have certain criteria for your trends and your trend templates. Um, uh, talk about that and, and what you're looking for as a starting place to screen for stocks. Yeah. And maybe you can. Can you actually bring up and show you know what? The, that's a good idea. Yeah. In Marcus Smith, because yeah. Marcus Smith has taken my trend template, which is in both of my books. And the trend template is, is not a final destination screen. It's actually a starting point. It's a qualifier. And you want to see the grand majority of your stock should, should meet the trend template. And the, the, what's the five month trend template? There's three trend templates on there. There's a one month, which is for early turns. And that's, you'll find power plays because they move very quickly and they don't give 
the long-term trend enough time to go into a confirmed uptrend. But those are where you could, there's some caveats to it. Uh, Big bases too, you might have where the moving averages go flat. But generally speaking, 90% of the time, 95% of the time, the majority of your stocks should be in a confirmed uptrend with five months of uptrend. And so you have uh, in MarketSmith, you have my three trend templates as uh, presets. And one of them you could actually go and manipulate and change the the, uh, the parameters. And you can also use this to screen your whole universe. You can make it where it, it narrows everything down. And then from there, you apply additional characteristics and you do your screening from the trend template as the universe of stocks. So it's really great. And uh, I know lots of people have, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people have sent me emails that, that love it in MarketSmith. Um, yeah. And, and Mark, so, so right now I just bought the regular five month trend template, uh, trend template. Uh, the five month wide is when we remove the, the RS rating uh, of, of, of minimum of 70. And also it had to be, the stock had to be above the 50 day moving average. But, uh, so that's where you'll actually even find more stocks, but, uh, there, there are going to be a lot of people out there saying 252 stocks. That's way too many stocks. Why, why are you starting out with a, a larger kind of universe like that? Yeah. Well, that's actually not a lot of names, but I mean, it's, yeah. it's, you know, I've seen it have 900 names. Right. Um, yeah. In a really good market. So it depends if you're in an uptrend for a long time in the market and very strong uptrend, you'll, you'll see a lot of names. So, you know, this, again, you're boiling it down. You're taking it that 250 or even a thousand names, you're boiling it down from eight or 10,000 names. Um, you know, I guess there's like maybe 15,000 names in the market. MarketSmith probably covers eight or 10,000 of them. And now you're narrowing it down to anywhere between a few hundred and maybe eight or 900. So you've really taken the market down to like the top 10% of, of, you know, of, of trending. So now you at least know that the stocks are in an uptrend and you've got some idea that institutions are behind them because all these, all the, you know, if you're the can slim or you're doing what I do, these are all continuation patterns that we're playing. We're not trying to get the low and the beginning of, of a move. We're getting a continuation of a move, trying to get that, that meat in the middle, which is generally the meat in the middle or even the end of the move is your, usually your fastest and most powerful, especially sometimes at the end when you get blowoffs. Right. So you're trying to find, we're trying to find where momentum is the strongest and get the fastest part of the move so you can, you can increase your compounding. Yeah, and and it's interesting that you you mentioned the the kind of the the blow off move uh, because we we've had there have been a lot of stocks that have moved really powerfully and and let's see how the the, the rest of the year ends. But for some of these stocks, they've just been moving so strong, you know that, that at least for me that that's kind of in the back of my mind. Are, are some of these going to have like climax tops, kind of really just strong uh, kind of moves to end the year? I think some of them already have. And of course, we'll see that in hindsight. Um, you know, you're probably before this is all over and you get a real secular bear market, you'll probably see the big fang names, the mega caps, the Amazons, you know, the PayPal's, those will probably, you know, have blow off moves. Um, and again, I don't know if that's already occurred, but uh, 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 probably not. But uh, um, yeah, it, you know, again, you don't have to worry about getting the high and getting a blow off move. The key is to make a decent profit. That's the, the, the goal of trading is to make more than you risk and do it over and over. And if you're a day trader, your average gain might be a half a point and your average loss is 10 cents, right? And you yep. make, some of these guys make 500 trades a day. Yeah. Okay, that, that's like, you know, you, you're a bubble gum factory and you're selling bubble gums for, you know, a half a penny, wholesale them for a quarter penny a piece and they sell for two cents, whatever the numbers are. But, you know, you're, you're doing volume. Mm-hmm. Or, or you could be a Ferrari dealer and only sell a handful of, of uh, you know, cars a year and, still, and even make more money than the guy who's turning over millions of bubble gum uh, uh, pieces, right? So yep, it, yep. it's just a matter of wh- wh- where you are, but either, wherever you are, if whether you're a long-term investor, you're a swing trader, you're a day trader, you've got to manage the risk-reward relationship. And that's the key of trading is to make more than you risk and do it over and over. So again, I'm not worried if the stock goes up and if I make 20% on a stock that I risked five and it's a four-hour trade, I made four times my risk. I know if I just did that and never ever had a stock go up more than 20% for the rest of my career, I'd make a fortune. 
I make a fortune if I could just do that. So that's the whole idea. And, and that's where, you know, people get so hung up and trying to get these big winners and, and time the you know, the, the blow off tops and the, and the, uh, uh, you know, hold Tesla for eternity. All right. Well, you know, again, though, holding it through these big declines, one, how do you know when the real decline, will the real decline please step up? You know, how do you know when it's the real decline? <laughs> if you hold through a 50% correction, you know, and it comes back and it doubles and you hold through another one, eventually you hold through a 50%, it goes 60, it goes 65. And then you say, Oh no, this is, I'm in trouble here. And you've given it all back. So, right. so, so you, ha you have to use strength for selling and then not worry about where the stock goes after that. <laughs> Perfect. So knowing when to lighten up in the markets and also knowing when to push it is a mark of a good trader. Coming up next, we are going to discuss a few ideas. Stay tuned. MarketSmith will give you a huge edge in the stock market. Better stocks, bigger profits. MarketSmith is the top research platform for IBD. It's just the best tool for individual stock selection. Everything within MarketSmith is designed to bring those best stocks to the surface. It does a lot of the work for you of filtering down to the potential leaders. It's when you take the training wheels off and you're ready to invest on a more professional level. MarketSmith will help you take control of your investment life. If you want to get serious about investing, start your membership today. We are back with Mark Minervini on investing with IBD, sponsored by MarketSmith. Okay, Mark, let's go into a few ideas here. And the first one that we're going to talk about is Dollar General, uh, ticker symbol DG. Uh, and uh, let, let me pull up the, the charts again here. Okay, so here's Dollar General. Yeah, I want to preface this with I'm really I'm turning very conservative in the last couple of weeks and I'm not finding many ideas. And I think we're kind of picking at the bottom of the barrel here right now. So uh, we're going to try to find some names that look viable um, and are constructive. But uh, quite honestly, um, you know, I've been selling into the strength and, and moving out of a lot of names that have been moving up. And now I'm seeing a lot of laggard names uh, start to pop up. And, and, you know, again, they might work, but they don't usually work as well as the leading stock. So just want to make sure everyone understands. I'm a little cautious right now. As far as the individual stocks are concerned, I think the S&P can still move higher. Yep. Um, okay. So, so, so yeah. So, so walk through what, what you're seeing here um, in Dollar General because it did make uh, pretty, well, it closed at a new high at least. Uh, today. Yeah, well, we already, I already bought this and own it okay. since uh, uh, July uh, 23rd. So July 23rd is where I want to pull back. And that's another one that came out. And then yeah. as it pulled back right to the breakout there, um, yeah, yeah. bought it. And now it went through a little pullback, but not enough to hit a stop. Um, and now it came so back. So you up. had the patience to, to hold, hold through that. I mean, a, a lot of people, especially when they're newer, they don't have that patience. Uh, yeah. if, if it doesn't work immediately, they, they want to get out. Well, you not only need sit out power, you need sit in power too. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, and sit in power is when look you when you first make a trade, you you have an you you come up with or you should come up with a stop loss. Hopefully, you have your stop before you even make the trade. Um, you know where you're getting out at, at a loss, and you want to wait and let the stock either prove you right or wrong. Now, if something goes drastically wrong and it's, it's really acting abnormally, yeah, you might get out before the stops hit. But if everything is pretty much normal and the stock's not doing anything that wrong, you just let it either stop you out or, or give you the profit and, 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 uh, and the stock works out. So again, uh, there's some violations that I look for a uh, handful of violations that would let you know it's not acting normal. That's in my uh, in my book, Think and Trade Like a Champion. Um, there's there's uh, a handful of violations, but this stock had not really given any violations, no no major violations. So still still in it. I trimmed it um, a little bit just because, uh, um, like I said, I'm pulling back my exposure on the market here, um, and they're just up a little bit on it right now. But today was a pretty good day you can see actually tried to it looks like it was trying to break out here and yep. um it's it's a it's a fairly tight uh, consolidation here it's going all the way back to june so i think it looks pretty good if it moves into new high ground here from here you probably can buy it perfect okay so that that was dollar general uh, ticker symbol once again was dg let's go to visa uh ticker symbol v so this is another one that i already own um bought it on july uh 20th um, we, we, uh, we, we, uh, put it for our, our members. And usually when I buy visa, I buy mastercard also, or vice versa. If I'm interested mm -hmm. in one, I, and, it's, and if I'm going to buy a full position, uh, in 
in one of the names, I just buy a half position each of them because you don't know which one is going to do well, if they're both going to do well. They usually move pretty much in tandem. But as you see, in my Visa purchase on 720, I also have the MasterCard purchase on 720. MasterCard's up 6% from that point, and Visa's uh, up 1%. So MasterCard's actually outperforming. Uh, but I think Visa might play catch up here because, like I said, they usually kind of go in tandem. Uh, but But Visa... It, it tried to uh, come out and, and break out there uh, yesterday right. and it was looking really good. And then it came all the way back at a full squat closed about down in the, maybe the 25% of its range, uh, bottom 25% of its range. And now it's going inside. I think if you can get above that reversal and you break out from here, you can, you can buy it. And, and uh, it's pretty tight. So you can keep, you can have a pretty tight stop on it. Okay. So that was visa. Let's go into, uh, another uh, one that we've spoken about in the past, Ollie's Bargain Outlet, ticker symbol O-L-L-I. And this one is back. It, it, uh, it got crushed. And obviously this is a, uh, a David Ryan stock, as I like to call it. But uh, yeah. he did really well a few years ago on it. But uh, well, we, we both bought it on, and the, yes. on the same day. That's uh, right. Fact, I bought it on two days. And yeah. uh, when I was buying that was back, um, let's see, it was back on in March of 2016 originally and then yeah. it made a big move but he held it for a big yeah. move um and uh and i sold it and went back and forth in it a few times but now uh, this came ripping back you know it's it's a very well-run company um but that doesn't necessarily ever mean that there's a, a good stock but the fact is is it is a very well-run company it tried to turn up today uh, again i think maybe if you can take out today's high you can go in there with a tight stop, maybe below the 50-day, and uh, and take a stab if this thing moves. With some of these retail names, like even Target, I, I own Target, and this is, okay. in my opinion, G a laggard. GT, yep. Oh, yeah, yeah, this I'm one's up, acting well. Yeah, it's acting pretty well. Yeah, you know, I'm yeah. I'm up seven or eight percent on it. Uh, bought it on uh, bought it on 7:31 on July 31st. Mm -hmm. uh, very, just classic coming out of there. Yeah. You can see it's tight, VCP, big cup with yeah. handle, whatever you want to call it. Um, been grinding higher, you know, again, this is a perfect example of completely going against your gut and just buying the setups because right. I don't see how a retail store can survive in this, in this, uh, world yeah. right now, but I don't yeah. know what they're doing. Maybe they're shifting to online, their models working. I don't really know. And even if I did, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trust that fundamental analysis unless the technicals were going to confirm it. So again, you know, this is one that, you know, I kind of held my nose and bought, uh, a laggard name, lower RS, uh, but coming out of a nice base and, uh, and, and, and showing some improvement here. Uh, but again, I'm not saying that this is something that you should buy here. It's too extended right now. Right. But, but I'm saying the um, retail area, you know, Ollie's might be something that might play catch up. Yeah. So I, I actually do have a little bit of shares of Ollie. Uh, let's go to another uh, uh, retail, but uh, more apparel uh, type uh, company here. And there's another familiar one, uh, Lululemon. Yeah, Lulu came out a few days ago. Um, and was able to uh, come out of a, a, a decent little base, and it's held up well, you know. Yes. So this might this might be able to make a bigger move here from uh, maybe move higher. Um, again, I'm not in this, and I'm I'm probably not going to buy it. But uh, but it's kind of looking at the uh, best of the worst right now, yeah. you know, as far as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I, I do have shares of this, but uh, yeah, it's just a sl slower moving stock, but it's been acting well, and obviously a little bit newer company in the last 15 years. Uh, Speaking of new companies, this is Spotify, and they they went public of the last few years, I guess. But uh, they had a they they had a, a rocket trip. They with uh, uh, Joe Rogan is going to go exclusive on them, and then I guess the Kardashians are going to do a show or something. Yeah. And uh, first time back, a pullback to the fifty day it, it touched, and I actually bought it a couple days ago, just a, a smaller position as it pulled back. And uh, what do you like about this? Yeah, I don't generally buy pullbacks to the 50-day. To me, it's a very uh, obvious, and I feel like it's a remedial strategy. But but it but it does work in a powerful name, especially the first pullback. You can you can get a you can get a good trade out of it. A lot of times, these these uh, market leaders will go an amazing distance without even closing below the 50-day. And pullbacks to the 50-day are a good place to add. Institutions will use that 50-day sometimes to add. So you got to see how it acts around there. I mean, if this maybe went inside for a few days and turned up i might get interested in it perfect okay so that was spotify ticker symbol spot uh this is one that probably most people haven't seen uh uh puxin limited 
ads, uh, Puxin Limited. It's a Chinese company, and the ticker symbol is new, N-E-W. Yeah, this is a low-priced power play type name that tried to come out of that little base on uh, on August 7th and squatted. So now what I look for, and again, this is my terminology, you know, reversal recovery, uh, squat, early day reversal, these kind of terminologies. Um, I'm looking for this to reverse and to take out those highs. I, again, this isn't something that I'd probably be in, um, but, it, but it is a name that's uh, holding up and acting constructive here. So something that you could look at if you're a little more on the out on the risk curve here. Excellent. And so let's go one more here. This is Amazon that I'm sure no one has heard of ever before, yeah. but it's, uh, <laughs> it's still can continue to hang in there, Mark. Uh, it's now over 3000. Yep. And you know, again, it's just putting in another little consolidation and I, I think it's becoming more and more obvious, obviously, even, you know, Tesla recently uh, moved sideways and put in a little consolidation, got real yep. tight. Uh, it came off for a few days, shook out and then came ripping back today. Right. Um, exactly. You know, With yeah, the five for one split, right? Uh, five for one. It was five for one, I think. Yeah. It's five. For yeah. One split. So, yeah. so, um, you know, uh, these are the leaders, you know, these are the, 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 the big cap mega cap, uh, fang leaders that, uh, you know, you got to give them the benefit of the doubt. And like I said, I think that these are the names that uh, you really have to gauge for, for a secular bear market. You know, you got to get these to top first. And right. then when, and then you might even have a lead time uh, even before, you know, you get a bear market because the, the big long-term leaders usually top well in advance of the market. Now let's go to the, the semiconductors, the, the socks. I'm going to pull it up. It's zero S O X. And this made a new high today. So it's pretty incredible that the semiconductors, they just keep cranking it out and, and keep hitting new highs, uh, even when the market has been a little bit more volatile over the last month. I think it's impressive. I thought we were going might lose the socks, you know, lose the semis when when the uh, when the biotech started coming under pressure. But uh, yeah, the the uh, the semis are still holding up here. So uh, KLA, KLAC had it, I think, a decent day today, right? Didn't it have a, uh, yeah, it did. It yeah, it was up about three point seven two percent today. Yeah, trying a little base there, maybe for. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, five weeks or so. Um, yeah. So I, the semis still look good. You know, if you're, it's a big group though. There's a lot of names in the semi group. So, um, you can very easily end up in laggard names because there's so many names. And even That's after right. the, you know, the key stocks move out, you can get stocks moving out on basis for months and months and months because there's just so many. Uh, but like I said, I was buying, you know, like uh, TSM and going all the way back to LSCC. Yeah. That was quite a while ago. Those were, you know, were really, uh, you know, more leading names. Uh, and you mentioned biotechs. I'll pull up the the ETF IBB here, and uh, the biotechs were really strong out of the gate. Uh, it was a little bit more concerning over the last few weeks when they started to break down, and the ETF now is below the 50-day moving average. Yeah, the are you talking about the IBB? Uh, yeah, I, IBB. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's looking uh, looking a little bit ominous here, but it, they may come ripping back. Um, you know, like I said, you got to really look at the individual stocks. Uh, something like uh, Tandem, uh, which is yeah, TNMD. TNDM. Yep. Uh, TNDM. I'm sorry. Yeah, TNDM. This is one that I owned, uh, but I'm out of right now. Um, but uh, you know, there's still some names that um, that look interesting here. Um, that had a nice breakout. We actually bought that on 6:30. Had a nice breakout. Um, so this is still yeah, above. Yeah, still above. Just pulling back to that breakout um, mm -hmm. may take a little time to recover. Uh, even Amgen had a big breakout, and I uh, was in Amgen, but it 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 didn't hold up like I would have liked to. Uh, that also had a breakout on um, on uh, July 1st. It came out of a big base. Had yeah, a big yep. day. It was holding up nice, and now it's just drifted off with the IVB. But again, coming back to the breakout, um, you know, it, it, we'll see how this pans out. But I, I have a feeling that we we're not. It's not the end of the biotechs. Perfect. And let's just quickly. It looks like we have a few more minutes here. Let Let's quickly walk through a few other leading stocks, and and we'll just get your thoughts on them. Uh, here's uh, Zoom. I just pulled that up. It broke the 50-day uh, yesterday. Yeah, I feel like Zoom is a key leader, you know, yes. and this is one that, again, it's it's um, it's coming off a bit here, and it's a little disappointing that it's not continuing higher here. But I think this this seems to be a key leader. I, I wouldn't buy it now. I would wait, you know, for it to come out of uh, a consolidation. 
but uh, that TDOC also had some trouble, uh, TDOC. So this is the benefit, you know, the COVID stocks where they're benefiting from online. You know, we're using Zoom now. Everybody's using Zoom. Um, I don't see how Zoom's, uh, we, we actually tried to, my assistant tried to contact Zoom to get some questions answered about, you know, our Zoom platform. And uh-huh. they, they sent back an email said, look, we, we can't even talk to you. We're just too busy. <laughs> We're too busy. I was like, okay, <laughs> yeah, they're making money. So, yeah. They can't even give you customer service because they're right. so, they're so overwhelmed uh, with new business. Um, and you know, we're getting, you're getting a whole generation of people that have never, you know, maybe even, you know, been on the internet much. And now they're, you know, they're getting enabled with this, all the doctors right. and so forth. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. T-Doc, Zoom, you got some of these names, of course, you know, the PayPal's, the Apple, Square, yeah. uh, DocuSign. Those are all the leaders of this, of this bull move. Yep. Yeah, what, here, and, yeah, I'm just pulling those up. Uh, of that, course. Uh, oh, uh, yeah, I pulled up Square right here. Oh, yeah. It's just been a rocket ship. And I, I pulled up PayPal before that. Um, yep. Apple. Obviously, Apple. Again, you take a look at something like a square. It's it's held Mm -hmm. its it's twenty day the whole move, just like the Nasdaq. You know, just holding holding the twenty day the whole time. Um, Docu is is just starting to uh, pull back here, but I mean, what a move! I mean, just just grinding, grinding higher. And I call them natural reactions and tennis ball action. This is a perfect example of of just natural reaction after natural reaction, just little pullbacks back into the high ground, short pullback back into the new high ground. It's yep. no pressure, no pressure ever on you when you're in this trade. And that's the, that's the key of an easy dollar environment. That yeah. I, I almost feel like this was the best acting stock out of all of them because it, it, it still hasn't touched the 50, but it couldn't even break the 21 day for months. No, no, it's just been moving higher. And, and again, like I said, very shallow pullbacks and right back into new high ground. That's, uh, um, that's what you want to see. That's what you want to see. And that's what tells you to hold the stock for a bigger move. When you buy it, it moves up. You go through that first pullback. It goes right back into new high ground. That's telling you the stock's strong. Stick with it. Go through another pullback and then see how it responds. If it pulls back shallow, gets into new high ground again, stick with it and maybe you know it gets sort of extended you sell a little bit of it but you want to play it for a bigger move when it's acting that well perfect now mark uh so you've talked about a number of things here everyone can learn more about how you trade in your books but there's also a pretty interesting opportunity uh this year just because of the pandemic uh you're doing your master trader program which you do every year i've been to it a couple of times mark it's been sponsors the event too uh, it's usually in Myrtle Beach every year, and I look forward to going there. Uh, but this year, since, since of the environment, you're actually doing it online. Uh, just talk, talk briefly about it. I, I think it's a, a pretty cool opportunity for those who are interested in the way that you trade. They right. actually don't have to go to Myrtle Beach now. Well, people love to come to Myrtle Beach because it's beautiful and it's in October. It's a beautiful time. But they love to come. They want to meet myself and they want to meet David Ryan and they want to meet all the other traders too, because we have people uh, from uh, usually at 60, you know, some odd countries that come uh, a few couple hundred people from people all around the world. So you just get this real cross uh, section of, of traders from all over. It's really interesting. And you know, you've been there. You've, yeah, no, it's, you've, it's, it's great. It's fun. It's a lot. It's an awesome, lot of fun. You know, the event is a lot of fun. Uh, but this time, of course, because of the COVID situation, you know, we're not going to put two or 300 people, two feet from each other <laughs> so, right. from around the world. I think it would be irresponsible. So we're, we're doing it online again, zoom. Um, and there's a big benefit to that. I think, first of all, of course, people, we've got lots of signups from places that people couldn't travel from. And, um, and, and uh, so people who weren't, aren't able to make it and make the trip can now enjoy it and learn. But some people were upset, you know, because it wasn't in person, but there's a big, and other people are very happy about it. it there's a big benefit to that because we're spreading it out over a, more days and we're going to, we're going to really, and you know, it's like drinking from a fire hose. Right, you know, right. it's a lot of information and we do it in three days usually. And now it's going to be over five days and we might even do some Q&A days in between. Maybe it's going to be seven or eight days. So you'll get to really get the information in a slower, more methodical fashion. Um, so I, I think there's a benefit to that. No, yeah. And, and how, how can they find out about that, uh, about the event, Mark? Yeah, well, they can go to minervini.com. I don't, I, I think the, uh, yeah, but actually it, for trade, for, for stock traders, right? Is yeah, for stock, stock traders, yeah. for stock traders.com. 
I think I, I hope that's the right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> As you can see, we I didn't even prepare this. The num- <laughs> no, I didn't prepare this. Four stock traders, the number of four stocktraders.com. Yeah, that goes that goes to the event page. Perfect. Yeah. Okay, so there there are a few ideas that we went over a bunch of ideas that are worth you know considering and 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 at least adding to your watch list. And of course, definitely check out uh, the information on Mark's event. So, Mark, thanks so much for joining us today. Okay, I tried to get a lot in today. I talked fast so we can get a lot, a lot of information in. <laughs> yeah, so you, you can slow it down, everyone, on the podcast. Exactly. And absorb the information. <laughs> <laughs> Next week, we are going to have Catherine Wood on the podcast. Catherine is the founder and CEO of Arc Investment Management. So that's it for this week on Investing with IBD. I'm Arusha Pierce, and thanks for listening. And for this week's Nilton Charts, make sure to go to Investors.com slash podcast, where you'll find details for each episode in the podcast episode section. And make sure to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast if you haven't already. We'd really appreciate it. You can also send us your questions and comments to investingpodcast at Investors.com. We would love to hear from you and may use your comments on an upcoming episode. This podcast is for informational and educational purposes only, and nothing should be construed as a recommendation to buy, hold, or sell any securities. Make sure to consider consulting with your financial advisor before making any investment decisions.